Welcome to the Rainbows and Rain podcast for early interventionists. My name is Erica. I'm an ECSE teacher in Minnesota. I created Rainbows and Rain to connect with other providers out in the field, trying to grow in their own practice as we all put best practice and research to work in real life. I hope this podcast helps you connect and reflect on your own visits and interactions with families. Welcome again to Rainbows and Rain, stories, reflection, and coaching from early intervention visits. I did an episode a few episodes ago called uh, It's All in the Details, episode six, I believe, and it told the story of joint planning in the context of uh, me working with this mom trying to put in to place some new ways for her daughter to communicate. So before I dive into joint planning, I just want to clarify what a joint plan is. So to clarify, joint planning or joint plan, it's not assigning homework and it's not telling the parent or caregiver what to do. A joint plan truly encompasses what was discussed and practiced during the visit and is 100% chosen by the parent. So beginning the joint planning process starts with a question and that question typically is something like, based on what we've talked about or practiced today, what would you like to work on between now and our next visit? So that, you know, any kind of variation of that question, but that really is kind of the only question um, that really leads you to the joint planning process. And it's going to give you a lot of information. So, and it also puts the ball truly in the parents' court and really shows them that like, hey, uh, that this is your life, this is your child, and this needs to work for you. So you tell me what's going to work best or what interests you the most based on everything we talked today. What do you think is going to work best? So I have some examples of, of some successes with this. Um, but before I kind of get to those stories, I want to talk about the logistics of the of the joint plan and how it's kind of recorded and shared. So during the pandemic and while I was virtual, I really tried to think outside the box about how to share information. So I came up with a system that worked for me. Uh, for recording the joint plan on a document. Right now I'm using a Google Doc. And what I love about a Google Doc is you can hyperlink resources to it. So if you want to link a handout, if you want to link a video, if you want to cut and paste a picture, um, I recently did that in a joint plan. I cut and pasted the picture of the sign mine or my turn. It was a gesture. And so the family had a point of reference and it was just kind of right there, easy to access. Uh, video recordings, you know, you could always shoot a quick recap video and text it or email it to the parent. Uh, Rocket books work great. Um, Adobe Scan works wonderful. If you just want to scan your notebook and your notebook page that you write on, carbon copy, old fashioned carbon copy, that works too. 
whatever works for you, find a system to document and find out what is going to be the best way to share it with the family. Is it going to be through email? Now think about all the things that go through your personal email and all the things going through email these days. So is it going to be email? Is it going to be, do I text it? You can text the link to Google Docs, which is what I love. Um, so some families request that I email it and others request that I text it. Uh, Instagram is another way to communicate if you're on Instagram, uh, sending it through through the message system that way. So whatever technology you use, find a system that works for you and find out what is going to be the best way to share it with that parent or caregiver. But it 100% needs to be documented somewhere. Quick side note about Instagram. Uh, During the pandemic, this is something else I did to help uh, communicate with families. So I have my own personal Erica Bowen Instagram account where I'm a mom, I'm a friend, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, and that's my personal life. I created a completely separate Instagram account that was Erica, the early intervention teacher. So where it was like links to resources and just completely separate, it's public. Um, if you want to find me on right on Instagram, I am my uh tag is at Raising Sam. So you can find me there. So that was just another way to access uh, information and share information with families. But social media is really tricky. So but that's one way I found around it. And it's worked really well. Okay, so now you you have a way to document your joint plan. We know what a joint plan is. A couple things. Uh, Make sure the joint plan is very specific. And it is okay if it is literally just one thing. Sometimes that is all our parents can handle uh, in their day-to-day lives. And they need to feel success with that one thing before maybe the next week they take on like two things. So you you never know. So it's okay if to start really small. In fact, I think it's the best way to start. Be prepared, though, to ask the question and have a plan B. So I'm going to share a story. I did a joint visit with the OT I work with, and it was with a mom. She's a busy mom. She has a newborn. She has two 15-month-old twins, and then she has a four-year-old. And the twins, the 15-month-olds, we were talking about weaning them off the bottle or getting them off the bottle. And she, she'd already been through this process. She, she has a four-year-old. And actually, we service the four-year-old too. Yeah. And so we had the same conversation with her and the, the four-year-old that we were now having again with the twins. But it's different. So... And actually, it was happening much sooner with the twins than it did when we had the four-year-old in programming. So that was good, too. And after a long discussion about self-soothing, finding different ways to cope, finding different ways to self-calm, transitioning from the bottle, 
you know, she looked at us and said, well, what should I do? And I said, I, and the OT looked at her and we said, we can't tell you what to do. You tell me what you're going to do. Because we, we had talked about it like at length, you know, and I'm sure you guys have all had these conversations with parents and caregivers about, um, you know, moving away from the bottle when it's time to be done with the bottle so kiddos can learn and grow and learn new skills. So we talked at length. We had a plan in place, and but she needed to think about it, and, and that was okay. So we didn't leave the plan with a joint with the actual plan, but she had some things to think about and process. And she's a busy mom. She had, she just had a newborn. These are two 15 month old twins on top of the older child. She had help in the house. She needed to connect with her help. She needed to connect with her husband. They all needed to get on the same page and they all needed to agree to the plan. So I said, okay, so we've talked about this. You know, your options. We've talked about the options And instead of me writing down her plan of action, which is what I typically do, I'll record it um, in my Google Doc and then I'll send it after the visit, uh, typically the next day or, or later on that day. I said, you text me or email me and tell me what you guys decided. So that was a little bit, of a flip. Uh, I've never done that before. Um, Put it on the parent to kind of let me know what they're going to work on after I leave. Um, But that, but that's, it felt natural and it felt appropriate in, in this visit. But guess what? She didn't text me and she didn't email me. So it was, we're coming up to visits are on Friday. We're coming up to Wednesday. Hadn't heard anything. So I decide to just check in. So not, you know, not anticipating that I'm going to hear anything, but, you know, knowing how crazy, you know, the home life is right now, you know, maybe they decided not to go through with the plan. I was kind of making all these assumptions in my head. So like I said, I decided to check in on Wednesday because it's been quite a few days since since our visit and we're coming up to the the next visit. So I send an email and I just was, it was really simple. Just, you know, did you guys get a chance to talk? Did you come up with a plan? And she emailed me back this longer email than I thought she would. They're done with the bottles. They're already done. So from Friday to Wednesday, they got done. She said, all I needed to hear was that I could do it and that they didn't need them. And once I knew that and felt good about it, we were done with them. She said it was hard for about a day. And after that, it's been fine ever since. And on the flip side, one of her other goals was getting uh, one of the twins to eat more solid foods. Well, guess what? Now that she's not drinking so much uh, milk and formula, 
she is now eating more solid food. So she she got to see how that truly kind of correlated and, and affected her priorities uh, for, for her child. So because I did that midweek check-in, I knew going into that next visit what was happening and uh, what we were going to talk about on on Friday at our next visit. Because along with the bottle came learning some new self-coping strategies and self-soothing strategies uh, for for one of the twins. So it kind of all was connected. So going into Friday's visit... Uh, with the OT, we could move beyond bottles, and we did a we did a mealtime visit, that visit, and uh, looked at how they're both eating solid foods, and and then also touched base on on coping and sensory and self soothing things. So that midweek check in was was really helpful, right? And it's it's important to do it, but I don't know that everyone has time to do it with every single visit. So that's why I've added to my visit sheet, is there going to be a midweek check-in and who is going to do it? It does not always have to be us. We can put it on parents to to check in with us too. So if they want to text a picture or email a picture or send a picture or an update or letting you know how it's going to go, or how it is going, so you know ahead of time uh, what that next visit, you know, is kind of kind of be about, and and generally you have a general idea, but a lot of times when you get to that next visit, it's something totally different than what you thought it was going to be, so it kind of just gives you an idea of how things are going. But in case things don't go as planned, it's really good to have a plan B in place just in case. So for example, with this mom, uh, with this visit and what she was working on with the bottle, my question to her for what her plan B might be was, what are you going to do when you give in? So we all know parents are going to be tempted to give in um, when they're working on certain behaviors, when they're working on in this case, the bottle, and we've been there as parents. So it's a weaning process. But what are you going to do when you when you give in and you want to give her a bottle because she's crying and she uses that bottle to self-soothe? And let's come up with some alternatives and let's come up with some plan Bs. Is it going to go in a cup versus a bottle? Is it going to be a full bottle, a half bottle? So what 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 is her comfort level with that? And what are some of those alternatives? So that was a great example of developing a plan, checking in on the plan, um, coming up with a plan, and the plan was followed and everything turned out great. But what happens when it doesn't turn out so good? I love finding humor in things that fail. Um, And not necessarily that it was a fail, but I did have a visit with a mom and, and I'm still having visits and I'm doing my joint plan. And for whatever reason, this mom, you can just tell she's going through a lot. 
And, you know, I, I feel like there's some mental health things to be concerned about and she's just kind of overwhelmed. And, you know, I think there's also the grieving process coming into play too, as she's kind of discovering that her son is not developing like he typically should be developing and, and showing a lot of red, red flags for autism and things like that. But, um, I said to her, you know, we always come up with the joint plan. I, I, and each visit with the same question and there's always a plan and it's always sent and communicated. So on my visits though, when I was following up with the joint plan, it just, um, and I'd link resources in there that, that she wanted, or at least she said she wanted them. And did you get a chance to look at that handout I linked in there or that video I linked in there? No, I didn't. I didn't, I haven't, I don't read those. She wasn't reading my joint plans or she wasn't reading it. Maybe she didn't need to read it because she remembered it. Um, Cause we did talk about the things she practiced during the week, but she openly admitted that she didn't read those. Um, that doesn't mean I stopped sending them because again, I 100% think it needs to be recorded and documented and referred to because it's, it pulls everything together. It ties everything together. And after a while, she did start reading them and opening them. And so I wasn't going to change what I was doing. I still was going to document it. I, she had the preference of how she wanted to receive it and, you know, text, email, whatever it is, whatever her preference. And, um, and it was up to her if she wanted to, to read them and, and look at them. And like I said earlier, I think there were some mental health things going on. Um, I, applauded her for being honest and it didn't hurt my feelings. I did find the humor in it though, but, um, it happens, you know, it's, you know, and parent, you know, it happens where you feel like there is no follow through. So what happened on a couple visits with her was, well, let's look back <laughs> and I would open it right there on my phone. Um, and, you know, I just, I'd go back like, this is what we talked about. Um, because you know, we're still working on it, you know, even though there wasn't maybe a lot of follow through during the week where those are still her, those are still her priorities. Those are things that she still wants to focus on. So with that mom, it was really hard. It was a lot of baby steps and it was a lot of just trust to trust building and things like that. So it, it, in early intervention, we see all kinds, right? It's, you know, the parents that are really just embracing and, and actively engaged and participating. And then there's the other side where it's, it, it, like I said, there's the grieving process and there's mental health, there's stressors, there's a pandemic. Uh, there's lots of things going on. But again, that joint plan doesn't change. Um, it, it, it's, 
you still need one. So I shouldn't say it doesn't change because it obviously can change. Um, but you still need to have one. I'm going to wrap up here with this episode. And again, just to recap, document, have a way to document your, your joint plan and have a way to share it. And try and think outside the box with when it comes to technology. Audio notes, video, email, text, Google Doc, Rocketbook. A couple apps I didn't mention was one was Seesaw. My school district trialed that for a little bit too as a way to communicate back and forth with families. It worked really well using the family app. So that's another way you can communicate with families and they can communicate with you. So it was it was interesting. Instagram. So just uh, think broad. Think about all the different ways you communicate with people. And, you know, is there maybe a better way to do it? I'll be linking resources to this topic, joint planning, in the episode description. So be sure to check it out. I wish I could say all of these ideas I shared today were mine, but they weren't. They were a collaborative and collective effort with the fabulous people I get to work with every day. So thank you to them. And thank you to you for tuning in to another episode of Rainbows and Rain. Please rate, review, or follow the podcast. And if you have any feedback on this topic or anything else for the podcast, please email me at E-R-I-K-A-B-O-8-0 at gmail.com.